0: I'm going to talk to you today about an intercessor. How many have read, have read Reese Howell, Intercessor, the book? Oh, you read it back? That, that, it's an awesome book. And, re, and How many of you feel like you're just as good as he is an his inter, intercessor? <laughs> My goodness, I can't believe what God did with him. He, uh, he he hung around in Africa with Andrew Murray. You've heard of Andrew Murray, right? Uh, he was from the Wales Revival. Have you heard of that? Reese Howe was in the Wales Revival. And uh, go ahead with that first slide. There he is. He was born. I, this is stuff that I, talk, I, I talked a little bit about last week. I'm just going to go over it quickly. He was born in uh, 1879 in South Wales. He started to work. At, at, <laughs> he worked uh, in the tin mine at 12. Now, m- remember what I told you about the tin mine? People use little, yeah, they they, they drug a log you know, on the chain so that if it fell, it would fall on the log and the person, the kid, would live, right? So they use kids because they were so small. So Reese Howe was 12 years old when he was in a tin mine. They give you a little pick, about that big, and he chips away at, at the tin ore, puts it in a bag, and they carry it out. Well, in the China, they... Uh, would throw them away if they got sick. They had a cliff. They'd pitch them off the cliff. So these kids would get sick and they'd just throw them off because they bought them and and, uh, they had no use for them anymore. So Heidi Baker's, uh, or Roland's Roland's grandfather, Heidi married a woman that picked up these kids. Some of them lived. And he he started... uh, collecting these children, and he was wondering what God wanted him to do, and he ended up having an orphanage. <laughs> and then they wrote a book called Visions Beyond the Veil, which is an awesome, awesome book. If you type in Visions Beyond the Veil on the Internet, you'll get it. The whole book is free <laughs> if anyone wants to read that. They, those kids, they, they had six months of visions and dreams. It was amazing. Okay, it was a common man. He wanted to to be rich. How many people in this world want to come to the U.S. and get rich? That's why why Trump's building that wall, right? (laughs) People want to come here because we've got the money and the things, and and so we don't realize how blessed we are to have the country we are. So he wanted to go to America and get rich. That was his idea. Uh, His family was an awesome family. Goodness and love was part of his family. And he lived a happy life in his family. He loved God, but wanted him to agree with his par- purpose for his life. <laughs> That's a real good. Go ahead and change slides. Reese was an interesting man. He's, he said, God, if you show me someone who's living the Sermon on the Mount, then I'll serve you. Well, he found a guy called Maurice Rubin. He was a Jew, Christian Jew. Now this is stuff I, 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 I worked on it last week, and I, I, I talked about it a little bit, but I thought I'd just review it again. He belonged to a wealthy family. He began to talk to someone who was happy, but had no reason to be happy. That's an example in itself. If, if you are working with people and you don't like your job and you don't like your boss. I've heard that so many times. My boss is crazy. He's stupid. And they'll say that to each other. But if you get in there and smile every single day, this this is what Mike was talking about Sunday. (laughs) No matter where you are and what you've done, you're a witness to God, you're a witness for God. So if you smile and laugh every day, somebody's going to notice. Hey, you got a lousy boss. Why are you acting like that? That's so. You're always you're always going to be an example to others. He felt that God was asking him to give away all of his money. He read the story of the rich young ruler. This is Maurice the Reuben, the, the Jew. Go ahead, uh, switch sides. Uh, he was. Uh, that's not him. <laughs> his brother thought he was crazy. So he said, "Hey, I'll give you hundred and forty thousand if you'll go to Montana." because he was crazy. His wife and his son left him thinking that he was crazy. The doctor had him committed to a mental institution. Here's a guy that had all the money he wanted, and he had to go to a mental institution because of it. Uh, All this had influence on Reese. (laughs) He was uh, released because of a Christian judge who knew what it was all like, and and, and he knew the rich young ruler of the Bible. Have you ever read that story, the rich young ruler? Jesus went away sadly because the guy did not accept Jesus' way out? That happens sometimes. Okay, the next slide. After three years, his wife listened to him speak and was saved. She got saved. Isn't that awesome? Three years or two, maybe... I think it was two years. I think it was that was the year. After a couple of years, anyway, he declined, and she took the two-year-old boy and left him. Now, this this two-year-old boy <laughs> would not have been two if if he was if she was gone for three years. Okay, so that's two. So after two years, his wife listened to him speak and got saved. He declined, and she took the two-year-old boy and left him. She finally came to meet him again and accepted. His devotion to God. His son was now five years old. His wife ga- began. His wife became a great help to, in the years to follow. Uh, does this real really? It's extreme, right? You leave your wife and kids for five years. That's very extreme. And this day, it, it, look, it sounds very foreign to us, doesn't it? It's not something we would do. And the average person thinks you're would probably think you are crazy for even thinking about that. And Reese, I'll go ahead and change slides there. i show you where Wales is. I don't have my laser, but Wales is on the left-hand side, that little bulging area off of England. That's where Wales... So that's where the re- big revival was in Wales. Uh, God told uh, Reese to go back to Wales in 1904, and that's, that's when the Wales revival started, I think. It was 1904. Uh... Let me tell you a little bit about the Wells Revival. It was awesome. <laughs> and I have learned that God seems to work in seasons. There's a season of hard hardship, and then there's a season of, bu- of abundance, a season of hardship, and we're coming into one. And most people, most prophets say that the end-time revival will be the greatest one ever. I just read Tommy Hicks. You read that thing from, I just read a thing from Tommy Hicks. and Kathy, don't leave before I give it to you. <laughs> so Tommy Hicks said, hey, this is the, I had this dream three times. And, all, and I told Steve, I said, Steve, if you go up and talk, go to a funeral and there's somebody in the casket and you lay hands on him and he jumps out of that casket, you're going to be famous and wealthy. <laughs> or They're going to come to you all the time. <laughs> they're going to say, wait, you got something. Because <laughs> that guy was dead and you rose him up from the dead. Okay, the race it went to Wales, and in, in his first job, God said, he heard God talk, and he said, see that guy there? He sleeps right by the stove in the, in the mine. He was filthy, never tied his shoes. He, ne- he was filthy, filthy dirty, and God said, that's the guy I want you to, to get friendly with and get to know. And he was really, he didn't like that. But that's what God told him to do. It took him, uh, I think, uh, two years of constant attention before he became a Christian. So every weekend, every time off he had, he went to see this guy. He saw this guy, this tramp, they called him back in the early 1900s. And uh, that uh, was amazing. He began to preach at a chapel, and he was highly successful. He's a very anointed man because of uh, his example his witness was the Jew, Maurice Rubin. That he was a great witness. So you're a witness, every one of you, wherever you work, wherever you live, you witness to your neighbors. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Well, I think right now, I don't know anybody else that has done this. In this world today, I don't know anybody that's done that. That's what I meant. It's, uh, to us, it seems very extreme. To God, <laughs> he, just to, he likes us. He's trying to tell us what is right, what, what we will benefit mostly from. I know God doesn't think it as extreme. He, he thinks of it as right. Okay, next slide. Reese became an intercessor. Greece, young in the spirit, was a bit more advanced than the converts, and the revival was needed to be the intercessors and teachers. to Take the burden to the newborn babes and pray and leave them. Uh, Tom, I I will say this. I said this the last time. You were just a little bit ahead of us in deliverance. And when when we'd go on mission trips, we would go to Tom because he would tell us what to do. So God God put him above. He was a witness to us. And uh, that was, uh, I'm glad he was there. Uh, next slide. Many blame the young converts for backsliding. The Wales Revival only lasted, only lasted a couple of years. The Toronto Revival lasted how long? 30 years? 20 years? 10 years? Yeah, we went up there just after it was cooling off a little bit and... Uh, I took some people up there, and, and they, they said, I didn't feel it, but they said as soon as they got into the church, they felt the power of God. So I didn't, uh, it's not unusual for me not to feel that, but they felt that. <laughs> they felt the power of God. So in, in, in Wales, it was a real short and quick, and I read a book about this revival, and it was an awesome revival. The men would sing so loudly that the music would come off the music stands. There was such vibrations in the room. They were singing at the top of their heart. And, and services every night, every single night the services went on. Okay, next slide. In Isaiah 59, we read that God saw that there was no intercessor. Many felt the need to be endued with the power for all on high. They had the joy before they had the power. So joy was no proof of endowment by the Spirit. Next slide. Okay. They had the same joy for revival and the knowledge of a risen Christ and assurance of an unspeakable joy, but at the same time they felt lack of power for service. So they went to a, a, a large contingent. Next slide. A large, large contingent went to a place called Landron Wells Convention. After the convention, it, it never dawned on me that the Holy Spirit was a person, exactly like the Savior, and must come and dwell in flesh and blood. And God told him the Savior has a body, but the Holy Spirit has lived for 2,000 years as a spirit that lives in us. Now, this, this will blow your mind. There is inside of you is a spirit if, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, now that term doesn't mean I, I came from a denomination that meant when you've been filled, you you made it. <laughs> I think there's seasons in our lives, just like there is seasons in. Uh, I don't I don't think you've got it all when you for, when you get it. You know, I think you have to get it all the time. But they went, to, Reese, I went to this convention, and, I, and I'm kind of going fast because I, I did this last week a little bit. Uh, he uh, went to a village that was untouched by revival. Next slide. Next one. Is, next one. There. He went to a village untouched by revival. Uh, they used to have. And they. They. Uh, the book said uh, they used to have barrels of beer on a wagon, and they, 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 w- they would walk them out there in the weekend. So they would have all these big barrels beforehand, and after they had re- after the revival, they didn't next slide. I want to tell you a little bit about a healing that Reese Howe had nothing, he didn't know how to pray for healing and nothing had manifested in his life at that time Um, but this I call her a tuberculin woman (laughs) you could say TB doctor had given up and told her she would die is that it? yeah one night the great physician told her that she would be healed And she contacted Reese Howe and asked him what he had heard from God. So by this time, Reese Howe had a reputation in the little town that he lived in. And uh, this woman said, what would you hear? What would you hear God say? I I thought he said I was going to live. Next slide. Okay, God revealed to Reese to take up prayer for her. In Numbers 12, 13, it was given to him. It says, Moses cried out to the Lord. Oh, God, I beg you, please heal her now. The Lord said to Moses, if her father had done nothing more than spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So he kept, out, kept her outside the, day, outside the camp for seven days. Another scripture was John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Um, I've had trouble with this scripture, but I know it's true. I just don't know how to, because how to, I know some people that said, well, I'll ask for a million dollars, and I don't get it. Somehow, I, uh, th- that scripture, I know that we can say that is true, but I don't understand what, it's, what it says. <laughs> maybe, it didn't, maybe it didn't get translated correctly. I don't know. Because <laughs> everybody I know, but, but then there's people that will ask for things and get them. Y'all know that? There's people that ask for things and and they get them. Let's let's go to the next slide. We're staying on the tubercular woman. The whole village knew that Reese was praying for her and that she said she would be healed. Reese contacted TB, or contracted TB, while caring for the woman. She died. God told him that he had to accept his intercession. He was not going to take his life now. Or he wanted Reese to serve as a living martyr. So what she did was she made an g- agreement with Rhys. She said, Reese, we both have TB. Why don't, I, why don't uh, you die or I die because you're doing so much good? But that wasn't God's plan for his life. Yeah. So she, uh, she said she died. I'll show you what she said. Go ahead. Next slide. So as far as the case of healing was concerned, I was to walk it as a failure and not make a word of defense. All the district knew I was praying for this woman's healing, and now I had failed openly. Now, you think that affected him? It really did. It. Uh, everybody looked at Reese and says, oh, well, maybe he's not as anointed as I thought he was. Uh, I'm sure he had a lot of negative comments. Uh <laughs> Go ahead, next slide. At the funeral, Reese received a word from a friend. Tell Reese and the others that I can't wait for them. This is what the woman said before she died. The Savior has come for me, and I want to go with him. Tell them I will come back and meet them. Then she had said goodbye and shaken hands all around and had gone to be with the Lord. Now, this is amazing. This woman who's dying, and she shook hands with everybody in the room. She said, God's calling me. I'm supposed to go. So that's, that's an amazing thing. I, I, I thought it was kind of amazing. All right, next slide. Challenging death. He was called to see a man in the village who was dying. This is different different things that happened to him. What? Go ahead, one more. There we go. Challenging death. This is another, another case. He was called to see a man in the village who was dying. His wife was sobbing her heart out. She had 10 kids. Ten children was told that her husband was soon to die, and he was the only breadwinner. He knew that the only way to help her was to bring her husband back to her. The Lord let him feel the suffering as if she was a sister. Now, this this is after he, after he failed. Reese heard a voice that said, he is not to die, he is to live. Would you all believe that now? Now, the woman that had TB thought she heard from God that he, she was supposed to live. I, was, uh, I got a tape from uh, Rodney Howard Brown. His daughter died at 18 from cystic fibrosis. It's a terrible disease. She couldn't get enough oxygen in her system, from, and she lived a lot longer than they thought she would. Well, before th- this part, I don't understand. Before she died... He went into a, into a hospital room and he was there at midnight. Past, it was Christmas morning. And he said, well, why don't you die? Go ahead and let go. Because he was, he was, what do you call it, wheezing? She so could hardly get any air. He said, why don't you go ahead and die and I'll raise you from the dead. You know, this guy's really awesome. <laughs> uh, Rodney Howard Brown's really an awesome guy. And so, the next day, he got into, a lot, a lot of people called him and said, we're sorry for this, sorry. So he didn't have time to pray for her. So he and his wife, the day after, I think it was two days now, the day after uh, yesterday, and he got into a room and, and, they, and he said, we got to pray her back. So they prayed. Nothing happened. They prayed all day from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock and nothing happened. She didn't want to, well, yeah, that uh, the preacher Assistant Pastor came in at the funeral and said something to Rodney. Rodney, I had a dream last night. I saw Kelly. That was her name. And he said, "Kelly, what are you doing up here?" And she says, "I'm not going back down there." That's what she said. I'm not going back down there. She said because I I I got lungs up here, (laughs) so so she didn't want to go back. So about four thirty, they felt something. They felt the spirit in the room. And uh, five o'clock, they stopped. Nothing happened. So they they buried her. And and people ask him, what does he know? What does he think about that? He says, I don't know. I don't know why I, she was prophesied to live and not die. So there's a lot of things I think we'll understand better by by an old song that says that. We'll understand later on. But the Lord told him that he's not to die. The child, is that what it's, next slide. Reese heard a voice. One more. Greg? <laughs> Got it. Reese heard a voice and said he's not to die, he is to live. He told the wife if her husband's died, he would support the children. Now, Reese didn't have a lot of money, but he felt bad about it. But God sent Reese away for 10 days. The devil kept telling him that as soon as he arrived back, they would tell him that the man had died. The man was healed. And not only was he healed, he was healed in the time that Reese Howe said he would be healed. God told him the day and the time that he would be healed. It's amazing what Reese Howe had done. Next slide. A prayer. A prayer warrior, now, this is the difference between a prayer warrior and the intercessor, can pray for a thing to be done without necessarily being willing for the answer to come through himself. As if he's not even bound to continue the prayer until it is answered. But an intercessor is responsible to gain an objective, and he can never be free till he has gained it. That's the difference as far as Reese is concerned. That's the difference between the intercessor and a prayer warrior. And we've heard both of those terms. Now, I'm going to get into something that really affected me. It's called the Hatless Brigade. There's nothing wrong with not wearing a hat, right? Nobody here has a hat on. But back in 1904, every man wore a hat. He didn't go outside. You ever seen pictures of Abraham Lincoln? He always had a hat. And that was true. I don't know when it stopped but that has been true for a long time. Reese always removed his hat while praying, so he would walk along the road and take his hat off and pray in respect to, to God. Well, God told him to stay in an attitude of prayer, so that meant removing his hat for a two-mile walk. Now, everybody thought he was crazy for doing that. For the first time, Reese could not take his hat off, his hat with him, and to walk through town To go to the mission, it would be impossible. He could do it never. (laughs) He could never do it. (laughs) This was so embarrassing to him that he never wanted to do this. Uh, It was a spectacle. He was a spectacle before the whole town. It was, have you ever done anything? And the Lord has has chastised me when I read this. I said, Reese didn't feel anything. He just was told to do this. Now, it it really seems simple. What was it trying to show? Humility? Obedience? What about the world? Don't listen to what the world says about you. That's basically what it was saying. It was saying you're to walk in the world as a different person. I don't know. He said, oh, Lord, don't give me what Isaiah got. What, did he lay naked for a couple years? (laughs) Yeah, it did. She she actually, when he would walk out toward the outside, she would hand hand him a hat. And he would say, "Doc can't wear it. So they all thought he was crazy. So finally, they got used to him not wearing a hat. Well, then he became famous. Go ahead, next slide. His mother handed him his hat, and, and I've told you that. I shall never forget going through the town. People, passing people, Going to other churches, God let him know what it meant to be dead to the world. <laughs> so the world, it didn't matter what they thought. If there's something, what can I say today? That's some, what, what, what is like this today? With what? Oh, that would be really bad. <laughs> okay, now, now let's, say, let's say something like a ball cap. There's certain If you go on the baseball field and you don't have a ball cap, people are going to look at you. Why didn't he have a hat? Uh, is there anything, anything around that we do? It used to be when I was younger, if your socks weren't long and you were sitting on the pope uh, in the front, you were an uh, embarrassment to people if they saw skin <laughs> while you were up front. Well, we don't have anything quite like this, but back then uh, it was quite a deal. It seemed that the devil had gathered all the forces of hell to attack this simple obedience. And when he got, he went to London to meet an influential man, the Postmaster General. He was highly embarrassed while going through the town without a hat. The Postmaster General tried to encourage him to put a hat on to ride through the town. He felt like he was going to the scaffolds. So he felt so so bad about not wearing a hat through London. Now he was a riding with an important man. Well, this important man got red in the face. He was embarrassed to death. But it didn't hurt his, uh, his uh, reputation with Reese. He said, I don't know why God did that. <laughs> so <laughs> he did it. We had somebody go, the next slide. The Nazarite vow is uh, fasting two meals a day. Is what- this is what Reese did, being hatless. Living in attitude of prayer, giving up all outward work on the mission and not going to one service, so he was in charge of this mission, and God told him to leave it, not go, not go to church. That was really amazing. So just pray. Giving up all outward work at the mission and not going to one service—that's that is amazing. So he started this church. It started his anointing. Uh, made the church go, and then God said, don't go anymore. Let your assistant have it. Isn't that something? It, three hours each evening to be spent on his knees, two hours reading the word, and the last hour waiting before God. That's what he did, three hours a day. Then he took the Nazarite vow, and it says, no razor goes to the head. He shall be holy and let the hair He said, grow, and he shall stay away from dead bodies. (laughs) I know we had one guy that did that, didn't we? One one of the guys that was a young man that did it here, did the Nazarite vow. And I wondered why he had such scraggly-looking hair. He Couldn't shave. Reese told the Lord that it would be far better. Next slide. to To die than to do this. Reese didn't want to do it. I was just 30 years old and six brothers who had lived the most respectable life. I knew they would never allow a thing like that in the house. To go with that without a hat was hard enough or bad enough. But this was a thousand times worse. <laughs> Keep going back past the hat. Keep going. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> One more. There. Now, wait a minute. Is that, did I get there? No, that's not it. It's the one above that one. There. Okay, this is the one. Wearing a hat was bad enough, but a Nazarite could not touch his hair or beard. So when the beard got, so what did Satan tell him? The devil whispered, at this rate, in six months your hair will be down to your knees, and the only place fit for you will be the asylum. You got to realize that the devil's going to fight every bit Everything you do for God, the devil will fight you for it. He doesn't like it. and For some reason, he can. I don't know why. He, next slide. He became aware of Psalm 69, 8. I am become a stranger unto my brother and an alien unto my mother's children. He had to become dead to this world. People may think they have no fear when they really have not been tested. He thought that he would have no fear against going uh, going against the world. It was the greatest error he ever believed. And I thought of this, uh, too, that we think, all of you probably think you're okay. But ask God what, what he wants to do. He may tell you, don't go without a hat. You'll say, okay, no big deal. <laughs> he may tell you to do the Nazarite vow. That, that will be a big deal. Don't shave. Don't cut your beard. uh don't, you know, don't do anything. <laughs> That's right, pal. That is really awesome. All right. Now this, next slide. Widows in India. It's unbelievable what he did here. The Lord pointed out to Reese that these widows were living on only a handful of rice a day, and God reminded Reese of the law of intercession. What, what is that? Somebody's read the book. What's the law of intercession? You might know. Okay? Identify with the people who did that, right? So his diet became one meal of porridge or, or oats every two days, which, which the devil was calling pig food. <laughs> he was to give up bread, tea, and sugar and have plenty, a penny's worth of milk every... I don't know what a penny is in the London, England money. I don't know what a penny's worth of milk is. It's probably not much. So in order to pray for those in India who were widows, he had to become like them and eat what they ate. Isn't that something? Uh, He he went, next slide, with Uncle Dick. (laughs) It, It is the Father's will to restore your church, or your uncle. That's what God said to Reese. His uncle was an invalid. And would be healed in four and a half months. As as many Christians discouraged his uncle and told him that the God would not tell him to wait four and a half months. Two weeks after it became known, his uncle took a turn for the worse, and he was in bed for a month. <laughs> this is the way it works. As soon as you know what God wants you to do, some some obstacle will come in your path. His uncle was healed four and a half months at five o'clock in the morning after a bad night, and Reese was told not to pray and and not to be around when his uncle was healed. Isn't that something? God did not want Reese to get credit for the healing. So he was actually out of town when uh, his uncle was healed. Now, an invalid, that's usually somebody who's never walked. And at the first, I think he, re- he walked three miles the first day. He was healed. He got up at 3 in the morning and felt terrible. And somebody helped him, I think, to go to the restroom. Or, and uh, he was not healed at that time. So he got back in the bed. At 5 o'clock in the morning, he got healed. Exactly the date that God said it would happen. So Reese had one TB lady where he had a problem with, but everybody else seems to be getting healed. So God is showing His uh, anointing here. Let's let's go to the next slide. Uh, Joe had TB, and uh, Madeira is right there, a little island out there in the middle of the ocean, right there by Spain. God told Reese to take him to Madeira, Spain, with the money given to him. So Reese ended up with about four, uh, three, twelve hundred dollars for the trip. Somebody just gave it to him, and so he had twelve hundred dollars for the trip. Take, take the money and go to Madeira, Spain. Reese was naturally afraid of TB, and he told another person that he would probably come in contact with the TB. Reese went to Spain and stayed in the room. God told Reese Joe would be healed two weeks before the healing, though. He booked a passage and made all preparations for leaving. I think he was there for about three months. Reese cabled his friends that Joe had been healed even before he was healed. Now, that's faith right there remember he's the, he's the one who somebody died somebody died that he thought was going to live but yet but yet he's god says right send the send a message that he is healed so he did <laughs> so he had a good connection with god and uh, that that was a, that was a great healing for him he got tb by the way he came back he was spitting blood in a week, he was well. He said, I don't know. What happened? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, revival in Africa. Next slide. He went to Africa. His first president of the African society, missionary society was Andrew Murray. And it says, most uh, new missionaries would just study the language and acclimatize when they first arrived. Missionary, missionaries knew that Reese had come from a part of the world that had experienced revival. And they asked Reese if he had brought the revival. And Reese's quote was, The source of all revival is the Holy Spirit, and he could do among them what he did in Wales. Can he do it here? That's what it says. The Sunday was October 10th, and as he preached in the morning, he could feel the Spirit come into the congregation. In the evening, he down he came, heaven opened up. And there was no room to contain the blessings. Two revival meetings were, were held and which went on for 15 months. Two two revival meetings were held daily which went on for... I didn't put daily in there. But for 15 months daily, they had meetings. That was a lot. Now, the next slide shows that he left his only son to go to... to left him in Wales to go to Africa. Now, this... I told my wife this, and she said, no way. I would never leave a kid. But God told Reese to leave a kid. For 18 years, he lived outside the home. He was in Africa for 10 years. I said six years here, I guess, probably six years. His son was united only after 18 years, at which time he became the president of the college that Reese had started. He was in Africa for six years. So the son didn't feel slighted because his dad gave him away. It was more common early on in, the first, in, the first, in this century. My, uh, my dad's uh, sisters, two of them, were given away to other people. They were real bitter about that. <laughs> and They were not uh, real happy about being sent away. But this, uh, this was what God wanted him to do. And his son... I have I got a picture of his son in one of these uh, pictures I, I put up, and you'll see. Uh, okay, this next slide we'll talk about buying uh, one more. Okay, buying the first estate in Wales. I tell, I tell people about this one because it's so awesome. He walks down. He walks every day for exercise, and he he doesn't have a car, so he goes to and from. Uh, work uh, to the to his prayer place, to his uncle's house, and he he ends up going to and from. But he passes this beautiful castle. And he's walking past it, and God says, buy that thing. He said, Lord, I got, what, two dollars in my pocket? <laughs> I can't buy that estate. So he just went on. Well, the next day he walked again and, and he, he heard again by that castle. So he went toward the castle. He walked toward the castle trying to be obedient and there was the person cut, trimming the shrubbery and the, what he called it, the gardener? He was out there and he said, hey, who owns this place? And he said, he told him the name. Now they... I looked it up on in, in the internet, and British pounds were four times, four times a pound. Like ten, if it was ten thousand, it'd be forty thousand American dollars. So he wanted forty thousand dollars. To this man wanted forty thousand dollars. The Catholic Church has already said they would pay forty thousand dollars for this land. But Reese Howe, was told to buy it for $6,000. 6 times four is 20, 24000 So he was told to buy it for $24,000. But the guy laughed at him. He said, hey, you think I'm going to give that to you when I already have somebody going to do it? He said, God said, offer you this much money. So he did. <laughs> he got the place. It was the first place that he ever got on... Uh, by faith, and he ended up getting money in the mail, and when, when he, went to, he went to the bank, didn't have enough, didn't have any money, didn't have enough money to pay for the first installment, and as he was walking up, somebody gave him enough money to pay. Just amazing, the, his faith, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. He started a Bible college, and the famous, next, next slide, that says the Bible college in Wales, I took some pictures. I took, they had some pictures on the Internet from it. The first class, listen to this, was 38 students and five instructors. That's not bad. The second class was five students and two instructors. For 12 months, they didn't even have a single lecture. Many thought the college would never rise again, but the time was spent shut in, to, in with God in prayer, and they were able to prove that the work did not depend on human support or popularity. Through this experience, the college was put on the the rock of ages on a foundation that no man or devil could shake. After five years, 30 students and 10, nobody was required to pay anything. What famous person went there? You guys know Reinhardt Bonnke, right? He went there. Reinhard bonke uh, used to, wrote in his book he went to Swansea, which was this college, and he said there was only two token charismatics and he Bonnke and another one so Reinhardt, oh it's I'll just, I'll, go, I'll just go off this rabbit trail he went to he went to london to see the to see the sights and you know he was kind of off that weekend, so he walks down to London and he's walking. And, and and said Jeffries. He says I know a guy named Jeffries. He's an, He's a famous missionary or something evangelist. So he walked up to the door, knocks on the door, and said, uh, "Are you Jeffries?" No. He's he's the master of the house. So a voice in the background said, "Let him in." So he went in and started talking to this Jeffries guy. He was a famous uh, missionary, and. Uh, his mantle he gave to Reinhardt Monkey. He prayed for him and gave him his mantle and said, and this all happened out of this college. <laughs> so what Reese what House started is, uh, was, was, was a fire. I think Reinhardt's had 11 million people in one service. It's amazing. It's a lot of people. What time is it? I can't see the clock. Oh, we got plenty of time. Okay. The Bible College in Wales, that's what it's it's on right now. First class was 38. Now, it says for 12 months they didn't have a single lecture. What happened? He didn't say in the book what happened to cause that to happen. Something probably, somebody got offended. No. Nobody does that in the church, right? (laughs) Remember what the Bible says? It's impossible not to be offended. That's true. So uh, so Satan was trying to bring them down with offense. So basically, he thought he had brought them down. They weren't weren't teaching. They weren't doing anything. And Risa, all he could do was pray. So when, when things come against you, that's that's the best thing you can do. Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know why I lost my job. I don't know why I, I don't have any money to pay all the bills. But I trust in you, God, and I trust what you're doing. So that's what Reese Reesel did. Then he bought the second. He bought a second estate. For two years, God had burdened Reese to buy another estate to double the number of students. And in, that's next slide. Is that, that's what you got. Yeah, okay, that's, you got it. They called it the Derwin Fawn, which is the great oak, and Reese bought the property with God's help. Everything he'd ever bought was sent to him. Money was sent to him. People supported him. Uh, you know, they just, he just lived by faith. He knew that God, had, they, I don't know if he came up with this or not, but you all here, everybody here is a millionaire. And the only way you're going to get it is to pray for it, right? God does not give out the money until you need it. And that's uh, something we all have to learn. So what I tell people to do, they don't have enough money to pay the bills. I I hear that all the time. Lay the bills out on on the counter or the the, uh, kitchen table and say, Lord, I've got $800, there's there's $1,000 worth of bills. What am I going to do? That's all you can do. Th- and do that, and, and your faith will, will heal you. Okay. Next slide. The third estate. It's called Skiddi-Isif. I can't even pronounce it. was was bought for $12,000 in a falling market or depression. It was. It was about five acres plus 12 additional acres he bought later. So, that added up to about 60 to 70 students were able to go to this place. You see Samuel Howells is, is the Reese Howells' son. He was the president of the college for years after Reese Howell. Okay, next slide is, is, is Adolf Hitler. We all know about Hitler from uh, the documentaries that are on TV. When my wife's not home, I always watch the documentaries. <laughs> Usually it's Adolf Hitler, how he died. There's something. There's always something. It. We know that the voice Hitler followed was urging him to attack Britain while still totally unprepared. War seemed inescapable, and the leaders of the nations called for a day of prayer. Hitler felt irritated with himself for signing the Munich Pact, which averted war and allowed Britain to ready herself. That was a real, I mean, there's a lot of things. We're going to talk about Dunkirk a little bit. You ever seen the movie Dunkirk? Anybody seen it? It's a really awesome movie. I haven't seen it all myself, but I've seen I've seen them. I know about Dun, Dunkirk and I, I watched the movie uh oh Churchill. The Churchill movie. What's that called? I can't remember what the name of the It was about Churchill and his and then it Talked about Dunkirk in there, and I've, so I've studied good Dunkirk. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome miracle. Intercession for Dunkirk is, is next slide. It says, "An awesome sense of God's nearness began to steal over the whole college. There was a solemn expectancy." And they were reminded, were reminded that 120 of the upper rooms before the day of Pentecost. So they felt really awesome in that college. He did not come as a rushing, mighty wind, but gradually the person of the Holy Spirit filled our thoughts. His presence filled his, all the places, and the light seemed to penetrate all the places of the earth. Next slide intercession for Dunkirk. What happened in Dunkirk? Somebody describe what happened. Yeah, the Nat- Nazis could have won the war. Yeah. You guys, if, if you don't know anything about Dunkirk, World War II would be over if they hadn't have escaped. So what happened? Had, um, yeah. Yeah. Now you see the boat I got on here, the little slide, the slide, the boat. Over three hundred thousand men were saved from from capture. Now, it, it can't explain why the Nazis stopped. Yeah, nobody knows why Hitler stopped. That's right. Yeah. And and the, the water, I don't know if you've heard about the English Channel, but it's it's got a reputation for being extremely rough. But for one week, the water was flat. It was so flat that ships like this, you can see the sh- how flat it is there. The ships could go out there, listen little ships, little rowboats almost. This was a 10-horsepower motor or something. would go all the way across to France and pick up people. Isn't that amazing? And all because people were praying for them. Uh, over 300,000 were saved. Okay, next slide. Now, I've, I've, I know a lot about World War II. Many decisions were wrong, and Hitler made many mistakes, which allowed Britain and America to win the war. If you watch anything, if you're into this, <laughs> and I'm into watching these war movies, they will show the difference prayer makes. Because Hitler did some things that were stupid didn't make any sense to do. He was so obsessed with uh, Russia, against Russia, that he conqu- He went into Russia when he had two fronts in the war. I don't know if you know this, but th- that probably saved us too in America. Russia and, and the Nazis were allies, and he violated their alliance, began the war on the two fronts. Isn't, Isn't that something? Yeah, they were—they were—they were like. Uh, in fact, Stalin didn't believe it when he was first told that uh, Hitler was attacking him. He said, "Nah, we have a pact." <laughs> so Stalin was an evil man. I've—I've I've, uh, I've seen some of his things. Yeah, pray for pray for our country. Don't don't pray in fear, but pray and let the Lord have it. That's the that's the whole deal here. Is intercession is, Lord, it is yours to help, not mine. I don't I don't know how to do this. If you don't know how to do something, you ask God, and he'll and he'll tell you whether it's it's something you should do. And uh, I don't know how you hear from God. Sometimes, how do y'all hear from God? Dreams and visions. What else? A word, in the Bible. Other people prophecy. So God talks to different people. Now Reese Howell can hear Him talk through His head. Has anybody got that? You can hear it from. You can hear it in your head. What what God's saying to you? All right. That's uh something that we have to we have to realize that. Uh, we have to learn to hear from God. So some, some people read the Bible when they're interceding. They're trying to hear from God about what they're supposed to do. And that's that's one way of doing it. And uh, it's not something that uh, you can't say, well, I heard from God because you know it was God. Uh, you just, if it's right, if, God, if God's in it, you'll know it. And uh, I just ask you all to to be intercessors. I, I, I have a, my personality is different than than others. Some people are more, more uh, boisterous and, and louder, and, and, and they hear from God. I'm not saying people don't hear from God. But God will speak to me like Reese Howe. He will speak to me differently than he does others. I think that's, each one of us has a different way of talking to God. And, uh. I, I, I get skeptic about somebody who says, well, I heard from God every day. <laughs> Maybe he has. Maybe he speaks to everybody every day. I don't know. Amen.
1: <laughs> and you
0: know what? And you know what? I say, I've been happy. I say, God, I don't understand how people come to mourn like they did with Joe. They come around with a mourn, but we need to come around for life. Amen. Yeah, who's the, there's a woman, a preacher, she's lived in, the, she's dead now, but Catherine Kuhlman. And she said, I'm really, I get upset when people say, I've done all I can do and now I'm going to pray. Have <laughs> You ever heard that? I've heard that from Christians. I've done all I can do and I'm going to pray now. And she said, I, that's the first thing you should do. Say, I mean, the God of the universe knows how to heal. And uh, pray for him to, to heal you. Or if you're praying for someone else, pray with faith. That's good. Yeah, God's an awesome. Th- now, here, I got things on my computer. It's my, it's my, God is good. He loves me. And he can be trusted. Those three things I say every day. God is good. He loves me. And I can trust him. I want you all to realize that too. That God is good. He loves you. And he can be trusted. So put that down somewhere. <laughs> because almost all your theology is in that. He is good. And so he's trying. He loves you more than anyone on the earth. That's why he's good. <laughs> he loves you more than anybody else. All he wants is you to talk to him. And... uh the devil's going to make it hard. Remember when Reese when Howe took food, he was only allowed a, rice, a handful of oats every day or every other day. He, he was starving to death for a week. Can you imagine? He said, but after that, I could live on that forever. He was, uh, he was eating that. At first, he was starving. So that's pretty much the way our, t- our test will be is our test will come and the lord will will say okay you have to show me that you're going to do it show me that you really want to do this and i and, I, and i've heard uh, people say well if you really wanna, uh, want to want something to happen uh, you just ask for it and sit back and wait god will, god will do it that's not been my experience is, is anybody like that i was talking to uh, What's his name? Uh, oh, he's—he's he's one of the big speakers now, and he said that when he went fishing, he'd pray for the hook. He'd say, "Now, hook, I want you to catch big ones." And he said, "As soon as I threw that thing in there, I got one." <laughs> I haven't tried that yet, but i to try. Rodney Howard Brown—I uh, heard him speak, and he said when he goes hunting, he prays that God will be with him. And, you know, I've tried this, Pastor Tom. <laughs> and he said, my dad prayed for, uh, prayed for a deer. He went deer hunting. He hit one with his car. <laughs> God, God must have known he couldn't shoot. <laughs> but uh, Rodney Howard Brown says, I get, before it gets light, I always have a deer. He said, when I go deer hunting, I get deer. He said, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. And he pointed to somebody in the audience and says, you tell them. You went with me. Isn't that something? Yeah. So we, our prayers do matter. And, and I, I think that's what we're going to have to do is read the Bible and find out where it says what you're supposed to do and do it. If you're not hearing from God, read the Bible until you do. Because God will speak to us. And Reese Howell, he's just an unbelievable example. Now, we're going to meet another one when we go to Israel. His name is Meryl Tari. He's another man I want to meet personally, and I was really uh, listening to his sermons on the on the on the uh, YouTube. You can get his sermons on YouTube, and he was talking about the very things that happened in the revival that was in Timor. And I said, "Gee, why is he still talking about that?" And then I got this thing. God said, "Send seasons. There are seasons of height. There are seasons of low." There's seasons of high, seasons of light, and we, you go, we go through them all the time. And uh, we, uh, we as prayer warriors, <laughs> as intercessors, we have to pray and keep it on an even keel. We have to, even though we don't feel a thing, we're supposed to pray anyway. I think that's, uh, that's what God wants from all of us. Let's all stand up, you unless, know, unless anybody else has something else to say. Good Lord, we thank you so much for being here today. We pray that uh, your will will be done in our lives, that each of us will learn how to listen to your voice and how to hear it. Activate the scripture in our minds. Bring it to life help us, Lord Jesus, to know what you have to say to us. We rebuke Satan and all his abilities. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would send people our way. And I want each of you to think of your job, the place where you work, and be the Christian there that other people need to see. For we're all witnesses to God's grace and his mercy. And we thank you for this time now. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all I got. Thank you.